Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Um, but with the sanctity of human life, you know, um, th th we've got some amazing people here. And how many believe that, that everybody has a story? H how many of you have a story? <laughs> I have a story. It involves some arrests. It involves some, uh, some depression and even suicide attempts and some drunkenness and uh, atheism and, and so many things that my story involves. And everybody has a story. And uh, every year we try to pick somebody here with a story. And uh, uh, last year or the year before, Sue Justice shared her story and her breakthrough and her victory uh, through an abortion she had. And she has a book that's published and uh, this amazing story of God's glory in her life now. Um, but we, we have another lady that we want to call up here, Christy. There you are. I was like, where is she? Is she here? Christy, she's going to share her story with you. And, and basically here is, I love hearing Cheryl and Amy share their stories we, this is a risk zone, all right? If you can share it here with people that will support you and people that will love you, it gives you a better chance of sharing your story out there to just make God famous, to bring others to the, to the testimony, which is also a prophecy of what God can do in their life too. And as you hear somebody else's story, you hear somebody else's back getting healed. You're like, wait, I heard a story at church. Let me pray for you. God healed this other lady's back. Well, we embrace the stories here. We, we don't live in the story. We live in the testimony of God's greatness and his goodness and his faithfulness and his grace and his mercy through the story. So um, it takes courage to get up here and share a story. It takes courage to be vulnerable and transparent and raw. And, uh, and that's who Christy is. Don't you love this lady? Come on up here. I'm not going to ruin her story, um, but I'll let her share it, but I might piece some things together at the end. And um, they're all pointing at my child because kids who are tw kindergarten and under, you're dismissed. So if you're kindergarten or under, uh, could you be escorted to the secured area and uh, have childcare? So, so sorry I didn't do that sooner. So, oh, I need to give you a microphone. Yes, and I'm thankful that Aaron will be piecing things together because sometimes I get a little spread out. <laughs> but um, so I'm Christy, um, and I'm just sharing part of my story. Um, so I was raised in a Christian home and um, by a single mom who really, really loved God. But at the age of, I didn't have a personal relationship with God. So at the age of 15, I just started doing my own thing. When I was 19, I was in college, and I lived with my boyfriend, and then um, not too long, I found out I was pregnant. Um, I, initially, I was, like, excited and happy because I always loved children, and I loved babies. But when I went to my boyfriend, I told him his immediate reaction was that I better do something about it. And um, just the, I, since I didn't have a relationship with God, just a lot of lies kept coming in. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, my mom is going to condemn me to hell. I was like, uh, thinking about my dad, who's from another country, I was like, he's going to disown me. And then my grandpa, who helped my mom raise me, and was the main male figure in my life, was 93. And I was like, if I tell him, he will die from disappointment. I really, really thought that. And it took years, but later I realized that those were all lies. Um... So I ended up having an abortion. Um, a few months later, I found out I was pregnant again. And I, for a long time, I thought it was because 
I ended up having another abortion. For a long time, I thought it was because I hated him, but later I realized that I had all this self-hatred and that I had guilt and shame and condemnation. And so I ended up having another abortion then. Um, not too long after that, I moved home and because I was struggling and I was so oppressed by all these things. I had no idea because I wasn't letting God in my life. And I moved home, and I lived in my mom's house, and my mom told me that if I lived in her house, that I had to go to church. Um, a citywide revival had started, and it lasted for 40 weeks, but they had services during the week on the weeknights, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go then so I can, on like a Tuesday night, so I can still do whatever I want on the weekends and this and that. Well, I ended up losing my driving privileges <laughs> because I got arrested, um, and I had to go to church because <laughs> mom was taking me places and I was in her house. And so I tried to sit in the back, the back row of the church and one day the evangelist came over to me and he pointed me out and he asked me, are you serving God with all your heart in the middle of the service? And I was standing up in the middle of the aisle because he pulled me out <laughs> and in front of all these people, I said no. <laughs> and so he asked me if I wanted to give my life to Christ and I did. And immediately a tremendous change began to happen right then. Um, and I continued in the revival for those 40 weeks. I ended up meeting Drew um, there in revival also. And Drew and I were married at the end of that year. Um, in a few months, I found out that I was pregnant again. And God really was invading my life in so many ways. But I still didn't have, like, this understanding of how he loved me. I still didn't understand how he was a father to me, and he loved me unconditionally. Sorry. Shoot. I was like, I'm not going to cry until the end. <laughs> anyway, so I'm pregnant, and I felt like, I'm like, why am I, I felt like I should be happy, but I wanted to be happy, but I couldn't be happy because, again, I had all this guilt and shame and condemnation from what I had done. I felt like... Why would God give me a child when so many people want to have children? And when I was pregnant, I had abortions. Sorry. And so, um, I just, I would have these dreams where, like, death was in my body and all these things. And I thought that if I did have a child, that there would be something wrong with them. I ended up miscarrying on March 14th, 2014. And um, that's an important date in my story. And so I ended up miscarrying. It was a Friday, and on Sunday we went to church. And we went to church in Cincinnati, which was an hour and a half from where we lived. <laughs> but we felt like we were supposed to go. And when we got there, the pastor wasn't preaching. It was actually a, a woman, and she was giving a testimony on how she had had three miscarriages and then had her son, and having joy through trials and tribulations. And so I knew that God was speaking to me already. And from then on, I really, God just, like, intensely began to renew my mind. I found out I was pregnant again a few months later. And um, when I went to the doctor for my ultrasound, they said that the baby's due date was March 14th, 2015. Exactly one year from the day that I had miscarried. I have a little curly-head boy who runs around here. <laughs> I'm sure people have seen him or seen me running after him or other people running after him. But um, 
he was not born on the 14th. He was born on the 12th, but the 14th was the day that we brought him home from the hospital. And God, just through all of this, he was just continually showing me how much he loved me and that I was forgiven and that his love was is so unmeasurable. Sorry, I got to check. And he took that day, the 14th, that could have been a day that every year I would be depressed or full of sorrow and shame, and he made it into a day that was redeemed, that I can remember how good God is, and he keeps doing that in my life over and over again. Um, I really only have like two more things to say. Um, later that year, my first husband died in a tragic car accident, and I can't imagine having gone through that without that little boy couldn't even talk, but I had someone to care for when all these people were caring for me. A lot of people in here actually did things like taking care of Emmaus and taking care of me. And I can't imagine that. I think God knew that I needed a little someone with me. So, and the last thing that I felt like was important to say was that for the longest time, this was the part of my testimony I was the most ashamed of. I didn't want to tell people this part of my testimony. But then I realized I would go places and I would see women and I would talk to them and I would start to tell them my, this part of my testimony. And I would realize that there were so many other people that had done that or been through different parts of it. And that it was a tool God had given me. God had taken that thing that I felt so ashamed of and given me a tool to do something that other people can't really do, always do because I'd been through it, and I'd experienced it, and God's really good. <laughs> you can fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, I'm going to have you pray over us. So just a moment. You did amazing. So stand up here with me. So um, she also has a, a little girl who's... Oh, yes, like two bundles of joy. <laughs> yeah. So there she is. So Israel. So anyways, just a beautiful little girl. Um, it was a journey that our whole church went through as she's experiencing tragedy and break and breakthrough at the same time. Uh, she's just this steadfast woman that, uh, man, I remember when, when the night Drew died, they were actually leaving the church here. Um, is it three years ago, November? Has it been three years? Three years ago, November, um, they were leaving here and, and they rear-ended a, a semi. So she actually broke her neck, her hip, um, your pinky or something, right, too? Yeah, so she was in a halo, and we all took turns helping with Emmaus, and uh, just this, this beautiful picture of community and family and church coming together to take care of a need. And um, so, but here's the cool thing. The first thing, as she's getting taken care of and they're assessing her, we, Nicole and I rush to the hospital. Another team rushes to Children's. Um, we even had a team go to the morgue to pray Drew would be raised from the dead. We're a little funny here. We, we believe in faith, and if it's in the Bible, it's at least a, a, available for us to go after. So if Jesus raised people from the dead in the Bible, we're like, well... Might as well try. So, but anyway, we went there, and I remember, like, Nicole was spoon-feeding her her first meal after this accident. And um, just, she said, can we sing a song? Can we, can we praise Jesus? That just really moved me, you know? Little boy in a hospital. She's in a hospital, broken neck. She just loses her husband, and she wants to give glory to God and just praise him. It was just Really beautiful. So this is a woman who's standing here with a story, with mistakes, with, with a past, but God. Amen? 
And suddenly, God rushes into her life, and he, and he just radically loves her and continues to radically love her, and we radically love her, and uh, we're so thankful that, um, that God's redeemed you. So I just, uh, can you pray for everybody for redemption? Listen, we've all been down bad roads. We've all had issues or things or addictions or mistakes or choices or, like, we're not far from her story. As much as you may want to think and as much as people may want to judge, like in God's eyes, a sin is a sin. A mistake is a mistake. A bad choice is a bad choice. Whether how small or grand uh, it is on the scale, it's still the same. But the Bible talks about God as a redeemer. And redeemer means he'll actually restore things better than they ever were before. Restoration means you'll bring it to its original intent. But redemption means you'll make it better than it ever was. And I feel God's redeemed you, redeemed your life, and redeemed you better than you ever were before any of the junk happened. So will you just pray redemption for all of us? So just hold out your hands and just receive this prayer of blessing, redemption, and just that your testimony will also be used for his glory. Okay. So... What I feel like. Okay. So, Father, I just thank you for giving each and every person in here um, just the ability and the eyes and the ears and the heart to just see and know that you do redeem us, but just to open their eyes to see it, to let their minds be renewed, the lies are gone, and that they can see just how good you are and how, how redemptive you are. <laughs> I know that you know what I mean, God. And I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I, uh, there's some, uh, thanks. 